talk about your TV like nobody else. Whenever they're talking shows, we are overwhelmed. The facts that Kings Rod and Josh are back seven L's on post show. Oh oh, recaps they're so delightful. Like there are forty thousand TV shows, it is actually closer to twenty thousand shows. And Kings Rod and Josh are back here to tell you it shows. Oh oh. Are so freaking beautiful and which shows are kind of dumb and dutiful. Yeah, that's right, everybody. It's the Rob and Josh Show here on Post Show Recaps, talking about a different show or movie every week alongside the latest headlines in the entertainment space. You can subscribe to the podcast using our RSS link, postshowrecaps.com slash Rob and Josh, or just search Rob and Josh Post Show Recaps wherever you get your podcast and if you have any questions you can ask us anything at postshowrecaps.com slash ask i'm josh this is rob and this week we are talking about lucky hank on amc rob are you feeling lucky hank you hank you hank Hank you you. oh my gosh lucky hank the (laughs) bob odenkirk amc saga continues rob He's Ah, back. He's back, and we're ready. AMC, Bob Odenkirk. Let's get ready for some gritty drama. This is going to keep me uh, subscribed to AMC for the duration. I think that this is exactly the lifeline that was required for Mm -hmm. AMC as they are looking to see, you know, the Better Call Saul ended. The Walking Dead is done. They're doing all these spinoffs. Is that going to be enough to keep people around? They can't reasonably do more in the Breaking Bad universe. How do we fix that? Let's give Bob Odenkirk a new show. Need Let's a new it. gritty crime drama on Let's- AMC. It's Lucky Hank. It's called Lucky Hank, and he's going to be on a college campus. He's an English professor. So Wait. it's sort of like it's sort of Hold Breaking on. Bad. Is this a, a dramedy? <laughs> Kind of a, just a. Did we just watch a hour long dramedy? Is this? I don't really, I don't really know what we just watched. To be totally honest with you, Rob, we watched a show ostensibly called Lucky Hank, but I'm not entirely yeah. sure. Why didn't we watch So Help Me Todd? <laughs> I really wish there was like more of like a pun in the name. It really would have been like Hanks for nothing. Would have been. Yeah. Would have been. Uh, would have been all right. What it was the original title that they changed okay. it to from Lucky Hank. All right, we're going to get into all of that. I want to set something up really quickly before we do, because if I don't do this now, I'm going to forget to do it. And this is the very important thing to be telling people. Folks, the Robin Josh show is transforming in the weeks ahead. We've been seeding this yes. out. We've been talking about it. But I want to let everybody know because we are at the moment. We talk about a different show and movie every week, except for the next 10 or so weeks as Rob and I are going to be pivoting, pivot, to Succession for the final season of Succession. Bowing March 26th, the Rob and Josh show shall turn into a Rob and Josh Watch Succession podcast. We're going to do a little bit of a kickoff show later in the week, uh, but just want to make sure everybody is aware. We've got a subs- uh, we've got a feed for the Succession feed, posterrecaps.com slash Succession, or just search Poster Recap Succession wherever you get your podcast you're excited you're excited for the succession i'm so change excited up. yes yes it's gonna be fun. well when is succession premiere march 26th sunday oh my night God. This sunday weekend? night 
Yeah. I'm like, I gotta clear my schedule. Yes. Be ready. Be prepared. Like Scar. It's coming. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like all the scars on Logan Roy's back. So if you have not watched Succession before, but you like the Rob and Josh show, now would be the time to either watch the show or not care about Rob and I telling you what's happening on the show as it's in its final 10 episodes. Uh, We did the crazy daily succession watch that as this podcast is dropping has not finished for the podcast listener, but has Mm -hmm. finished for the podcasters. We have completed the daily succession rewatch. What a blast. Uh, Yes. Be back to like, the evolution of strategy days of just grinding out podcasts, grinding podcast. it out. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love There's the something to it. Yeah. There uh, really I, is. I, I did traders and basically in two days and you know, I just feel like you're, you know, you're on a journey. Yeah. You're like locked in uh, or locked in. Do you want to do a lucky Hank at the end of the season? Should we do a daily lucky <laughs> Hank podcast to catch up on everything? No, I think that should be a punishment if we don't do something <laughs> right. If we get a prediction wrong on succession. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to make sure that's here at the top of the podcast before we start talking about. We should pick who show. runs Waystar Royco at the end of the season. And yeah. then if we're wrong. We have to watch all of Lucky Hank. This is a good uh, this is a good setup. And only the lo- if there's only one of us who loses, that person has to watch the rest of Lucky Hank and book report it on the next edition of the Robin Josh show. I think mm-hmm. that's how this will have to work. Yeah, and no chat GPT to do your book <laughs> report of Lucky Hank. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all right, so that's the news. Succession coming uh, next to the podcast. One last time into the randomizer of the shows that we are watching on any given week, at least for a little while. It is indeed Lucky Hank. It is the comedy drama on AMC from uh, the <laughs> likes of Paul Lieberstein of the office fame, Toby. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, And Aaron Zellman, who is a producer who worked on law and order, criminal minds and damages. So you have like a real drama mind and a real comedy mind colliding here for lucky Hank, Rob, Mm -hmm. a show that defies simple definition. Uh, You asked before what the show was originally called. The show was originally called Straight Man. Uh, mm-hmm. It is based on the 1997 novel of the same name from Richard Russo is the author of this book. Uh, and both the book and the show center on William Henry Devereux Jr., who is the chairman of the English department at I think it's called Railton College, Railton yeah. College in Railton, Pennsylvania. And it is uh, apparently the hub of mediocrity, Rob, uh, according to Lucky Hank himself. He yeah. has a hard pass. Yeah. Speaking on... of the hub of mediocrity. Uh-huh. And he finally has enough and he tells a kid, your writing is bad. And he gets into big trouble about this because he says, your writing is bad. I know your writing is bad because you're here at Railton College and there's nothing I can do to help you because I'm also here at Railton College and this is bad. Uh, And it gets printed in the school newspaper and Lucky Hank becomes unlucky Hank because he's put on blast. He's going to get voted out of being the chair of the English department. But then really lucky Hank gets voted back in the next day. He gets Mm -hmm. voted back in to be the chair of the English department. 
Yeah. And that's like a, the real bare bones of what happens in the first episode of Lucky Hank. Yeah. So spoilers for Lucky Hank, but I'm glad that you brought uh, me in to break down this vote, Josh. Yes. Of course, uh, this is like we needed like uh, Jeff Probst with the with the picture to explain how the vote happened because Lucky Hank is on like this probation. Yeah. How did he win the vote to become the chair of the department? that everybody like the votes were split in such a way it was one 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 not the giant uh-huh. and if ultimately only. that one person should have played his shot in the dark uh he wanted to make his vote disappear yep. instead he just said okay well nobody else is going to vote for hank ultimately there were two votes for lucky hank and he ends up going from disgraced out the door to head of the department with tenure and now that his reign may be uh wild times here at yeah. the college because i guess this secures him in this position for years i think he like the vote happens and then now he's been reinstalled so mm-hmm. they can't do this again so hank has job security but also he has made his opinions about the the college really well known uh, he, he doesn't respect this. He has about as much respect for Railton as anybody ever had for Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, and he is going to be in charge. And gosh, uh, look, you know, this podcast, yeah. plugging this into the Better Call Saul feed, wanted to give the check in. Antonio mm-hmm. is not here. He's really locked in on the Ted Lasso of it all. So it's you and me here, Rob, originator of the Better Call Saul podcast feed, Rob yeah. Sesternino. I really wanted to come here with better news. I wanted to come here with well, better news than we have. I feel like I'm, I'm so happy to hear you say that because I said, okay, well, uh, I thought this was kind of boring. But, uh, and you know, I, I, it's not like me to use the B word, but I w- looked online and I only found like rave reviews for Lucky Hank. Yeah. Uh, average tomato meter, 94%. I saw that and stat. I was shocked. I really I, was. I don't know. It's like, I look, people love Bob Odenkirk, Bob Odenkirk, uh, yep. critical darling. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I think that people also uh, must uh, really like the series creator as well paul lieberstein as a mm-hmm. great body of work as well and so book sounds like the book was great uh, i bet this is good as a book i guess so uh, I so book. i i don't know i feel like am i what what am i missing because i, I was like no oh, this is i found this a little like uh like uh found my and maybe because i it, it it did not speak to me immediately that I was like, my mind was wandering as Mm. lucky Hank was going on, but I did not feel so lucky. I didn't either. I really didn't. And I really wanted to, because I love Bob Odenkirk. I love that he's got job security himself, at least for now. Uh, Who knows how far this show goes, but uh, this show really felt like, AMC has done this so many times where like they started out as the Mad Men breaking bad situation and they they blow up with Walking Dead and they had this run for a while where their shows were either really critically acclaimed or just huge and then they uh, finally started axing some shows but this was still back in the time where it was really a limited amount of TV series they were putting out. Rubicon is the first one to get chopped yeah. down uh, with my beloved Chase Edmonds, uh, James Badge Dale uh, doesn't make it past a single season. And then 
AMC starts throwing more darts at the board, uh, the way that everybody is in the content creation business. And there are many more shows that come to AMC. But I look at Lucky Hank and it's like, I feel like you've tried to make shows like these. You did like Lodge 49, which I actually loved. I thought Lodge 49, which if you ever have like in your copious <laughs> amount of show, it's not, That's it's not, show. Lodge it's not. 49. look up Lodge 49 in your copious amounts of free time, Rob. I think you would love Lodge 49 if you stuck with it, if you gave it a little bit of a go. Hmm. Um, but AMC has had very little luck with this kind of more ponderous, uh, you know, uh, non-thriller grounded type of show. Um, and when they have had more luck with a show that isn't a thriller sort of set in the real world, it's been heightened. Lodge 49 was was heightened like that. So at least creatively, it was really, really good, even if it was hard to define. There's just nothing unusual about Lucky Hank. And it feels like the kind of show that if it was on um, a platform that would take it more seriously and also wouldn't just be a platform where, like, I'm just waiting for this show to get canceled, right? Like, I don't think this show makes it past the season would be would be my guess. Uh, <sighs> I, I could see it getting, like, a, a sympathy early... season two. Yeah. Just to uh, save some face, maybe? I don't even know if to save face. I feel like it's like, hey, well, like, because I really, I feel like that AMC, other than The Walking Dead, like, I think wants to have, because didn't they also, don't they have a uh, Giancarlo Esposito they do. Uh, show also? They do. It was called, I think it was called Driver. Uh, and I think maybe yeah. it changed names somewhere mm -hmm. along the way. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But, I don't know. And and maybe that this is a show like uh, I feel like it has a very specific uh, worldview that and, and that worldview is sort of like a little bit of like a skewering of like university culture and yeah. specifically about um, a little bit of a worldview that's like uh, kids today are entitled. They can't handle they can't handle anything and they, they, they like these millennials they need their parents to pay their bills and they can't handle a little criticism and and kids are soft today but yeah. lucky hank is gonna get these kids uh the, the the feedback that they need yeah uh so kids I be just, soft i just don't know who who watches amc anymore for this kind of a show i just don't know who the audience is for that and not kids call, when better call Saul wrapped up uh, that final episode of better call Saul, the AMC advertising was, was all about uh, better call Saul is over, but B Bob Odenkirk and Giancarlo Esposito aren't going anywhere. And it was like this like hype up promo mm -hmm. for, uh, for what was called straight man at the time. And what was yeah. called the driver at the time, which turned into lucky Hank and it's parish uh is what the the driver has become uh mm -hmm. and at least that one is a crime show uh yeah. this is just not the kind of show that amc does anymore they they did it uh and they have an, a, a humongously acclaimed version of the more ponderous type of drama in the form of mad men mm -hmm. they haven't done a thing like this in a long time and but it's not what the network is for. I, I don't know. I just feel like that maybe, but just like tonally, like uh, if we're going to take a look at like uh, some big picture questions of like, well, who's watching TV, right? right? And who has basic cable? And who are, you know, the, the people that uh, might be around for Lucky Hank every single week? You know, 
it it might be that people who are you know have disgruntled English professors. No, not a, but people <laughs> like uh, that. This like the tone of Lucky Hank might resonate with the, with that crowd, and so I don't know. Maybe there's an audience for it, but overall, like uh, I didn't find uh, Lucky Hank to be that comedic or yeah. that dramatic no or even that weird right like i feel like there should have been like a couple of things in here that were really weird or notable like is there a thing from the premiere or a few things ideally that we could come on here and really dig into to my mind there are a couple uh but they are they are light the hardest hitting one is when Lucky Hank gets hit in the face with a spiral notebook. Yeah. And the, and the spiral impales his nostril. Yeah. And uh, the person who hit him in the face with the notebook uh, doesn't want to just like gently, gingerly remove the spiral because her precious writing notes are in there. So instead, it just like gets ripped out of his nostril and he has to wear a Band-Aid on his nose for the rest of the episode. And he seems really nonplussed about the whole thing. That's like the most salacious thing that happens in the Lucky Hank premiere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, it was kind of gross. I thought I tried to put myself in Lucky Hank's shoes. It was not like to have I, my nostril. Originally, I, th like I was worried it was in his eye. So I was a yeah. little bit like relieved when it was. I'm immune to that now. We're his good. nose. Yeah, we're fine. You know, pierce mm -hmm. all the eyes. Don't do it. Don't pierce all the eyes. Mm -hmm. um, that's like yeah. the, that's like the, the weirdest, most, you know, out there thing that happens in the episode. Uh, his his wife, who is played by the great Muriel Enos, who is of the killing uh, fame and a bunch of other great shows. Uh, she is his wife. She is the vice principal of a local school. She uh, settles a debate between two, uh, a teacher and a parent by feeding them chocolate. Mm hmm. Yeah. French chocolate. Weird. French yeah. chocolate. They feel yeah, manipulated, but it worked. Mm hmm. That's good, I guess. And then like the, uh, the other two weirdest things both involve running. Uh, uh, Lily, who is uh, her character and Hank, get into an argument at night at one point because she's maybe getting a job outside of town, but Hank doesn't want to leave town. And so she gets mad and she says, I'm going to go for a jog. And he says, but you already ran today. She doesn't really care. She also then puts on like sweatpants and a sweatshirt over her pajamas. Uh, and mm -hmm. then is going to go running in her pajamas with running sweats and stuff on. And that felt very, very weird to me that anyone would do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we didn't get a real temperature check of uh, what yeah. it's like outside. But what are you going to do? You're going to come home and then you're going to sleep in those pajamas and you're going to sleep in your She might not be a sweater. Bench? Yeah. That's a lot of layers. I feel like you're going to sweat. I feel like the body just sweats. <sighs> They're called sweatpants. Yeah. But yeah, I I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Oscar from The Office is here. He is. Oscar from The Office is here. So you are not surprised to see it when you know uh, some of the DNA behind the show. There are some fun uh, guest stars. Uh, what was either... the relationship like between Oscar and Toby overall? So you're going to ask me. And so I have to be the ones like, I don't really know. I mean, I watched mm -hmm. early Office. I watched the first couple couple of seasons oh you're not a big I office thought. guy no, not a huge office guy um I, I'm, I'm not a i'm not a huge sitcom person uh you know oh. i like a little spice i like a little fire i like a little drama some angst in my tv uh, mm -hmm. and so if there's not enough of that if it's like really saccharine sweet i'm not hugely into it big mm -hmm. exceptions like parks and rec 
you know, lo- love that. Uh, but even Ted Lasso, which is a show that I'm podcasting about with Antonio every week, uh, has like a good grade of darkness in there. Yeah, I don't know if The Office this, ever had that. Okay, so this is a good point, though. But Ted Lasso is, for the most part, a 30-minute show. Well, yeah, they have ballooned in size a little okay, bit. But the idea is that it, it is dramedy, but it's 30 minutes. Yeah. As opposed to this, which is like supposedly dramedy, but it's an hour. Yeah. And I have a lot more tolerance for the 30-minute dramedy than an hour of of this. And maybe, I, I don't know what the, what the difference is, but I kind of feel like that... Um, I, I don't know. I feel like that uh, it's uh, not a lot going on here. No, that's really it, actually. Even more than the runtime, I think. The bigger thing for me is that there is a lot of it. There's so much intentionality in Ted Lasso, for instance. If we're just taking that as an example. Like, no shots wasted. Every scene, every storyline matters within the episode. Is advancing characters. Jokes per minute. And if it's not jokes per minute, if we're getting sad or, like, intense, that's with a lot of consideration. I felt like there were just scenes in this episode to sort of pad out the runtime uh things just sort of like meandering and spinning spinning wheels a little bit and i'm not entirely sure towards what and i think you just need a little more excitement in in your first episode even if it's going to be something that's a little bit more meditative like lucky hank and what's interesting so i haven't read the book yet i am intrigued i am kind of intrigued to check out the book because i do think people love it um That the book, just if you look at the synopsis on its Wikipedia page, notable moments include Devereaux hiding in the rafters as the faculty vote on his dismissal. Could you imagine? He wasn't hiding in anything. He just shows up. He's like shows up in his like uh, Tyson Apostle uh, pickleball uniform. Uh, Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of of racquetball. racquetball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Drew Carey's friend from the Drew Carey Who's show. a good fornicator. Yeah, Diedrich Bader, uh, who... Uh, was yeah. told by multiple women, right, that he's a good fornicator? Yeah, Tony Canigula is the character's name. <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny. Out. I'll keep checking in for Tony Canigula. I won't. There's too much TV right now to keep checking in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can you imagine, like, there's a scene where, like, Bob Odenkirk sneaks up to the rafters and peers down on his peers, voting him out. That would have been at least something. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like nothing strange like that. And then the other thing that the that the book, uh, the book's Wikipedia page mentions, he threatens to kill a goose in the campus pond every day until his department Reeves receives a budget. Was there any goose imagery that I missed? No, you can't do that now. You can't do yeah. that in 2023. It feels like sort of an essential part of the unless story. Unless you're a duck, yeah. Uh, unless you're a duck. Uh, did you ever play the Untitled Goose Game? Untitled Goose Game? Yeah, are you aware of Untitled Goose Game? No, I, no, I was referencing the Goose Goose Duck. I'm aware of Goose Goose Duck. I Maybe this is my uh, elder millennial ass showing, but I'm old enough to remember 2019, 2020, when the Untitled Goose Game was the hotness. You run around, you're a goose, you cause mischief. You're annoying your neighbors. No, times. it's a goose no. simulator. You're basically just my simulating kids have life as goat goose. simulator. How's that? They, they get a real kick out of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, there's a goose on the cover of the book, though. The yeah. book has a goose on the cover. So you would think that the goose is sort of a big deal. 
And if the goose shows up in a future episode and it wasn't really strongly gestured at here in the first mm -hmm. episode, if it was, I missed it because not unlike Rob, I did feel my mind wandering here with the Lucky Hank episode. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want to and, call it Straight Man. Should they? Is there better rebranding than Lucky Hank? Lucky Hank? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's sort of like uh, it's. I think it's fine, uh, Lucky Hank, but I, I, I don't know. I just don't know what would have been more It's like uh, he's having a midlife crisis. But uh, again, we're used to like in this world of the OK, it's sort of like out of like the Vince Gilligan, you know, uh, universe. Uh, he uh, like uh, like, OK, oh, he's having a, a midlife crisis. All right. Oh, he's going to get into some criminal enterprise. Like, mm, right. Not really. No. Uh, he's just going to like, uh, you know, create some havoc for the faculty. Barely, barely. Yeah, light the lightest havoc I've ever mm -hmm. seen. As I bet the donors at the university don't appreciate these antics. I suppose that's right. Uh, mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just feel like it tells me nothing. It feels like a show that uh, emerges really uncertain of itself. Uh, I don't think that it helps that in some of the closing exit press for Better Call Saul, while Bob Odenkirk had Lucky Hank around the corner that he was talking about how, like, I know I'll never have a role like Jimmy McGill again. I'll never have a role like that again. It's a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. part, but now you're going to have to start pivoting to selling your next character on AMC, and the bar is, like, so low, which in some ways would be great if they were then, like, they delivered in a huge yeah. way, but, but it feels very half-hearted. Honestly, show. like, this show, like, if it was on CBS, like, uh, I, I think it probably, like, would be, like, a decent, like, moderate hit. Um, I, I don't know. On, on AMC, uh, I just don't know, like, um, you know, I, I can't imagine it, like, the Breaking Bad audience is here for that, but perhaps, you know, that there is, like, that, you know, 10 p.m., procedural drama crew who uh is into you know a show like this like uh, the aforementioned so help me todd renewed for season two at cbs mm -hmm. yeah uh cool good for so help me todd uh i wish so maybe there's an appetite for I, this type of show I, but I, I love that for those people i really do uh, I think that the I think that the there were more than you know there was more than the one episode that was sent out to critics and I do think that some of the reviews I read is like this is a show that finds itself more as it goes along, mm -hmm. um, but it's just a it's a hard first impression for me. Uh, there's a lot of really good TV out right now. Specifically, it's a really competitive time for your attention, and I don't think that you can get away with a first episode like this right now. Um, you know, the the leftovers is sort of this great example of when people say the leftovers is one of the best shows that HBO ever made. You got to get through the first five episodes of season one. It's always been a hard sell. That's like an impossible sell now. Uh, if you are telling somebody that Lucky Hank gets really good, but you got to get past the first three episodes during a time where Succession is wrapping up, Ted Lasso might be wrapping up, Yellow Jackets is ramping up. Uh, there's the new Kiefer Sutherland show. Maybe that's going to yeah. be great. You know, uh, all of these different shows <laughs> that are coming back and firing up online. Uh, man, if Rabbit Hole had shown up one week earlier, Rob, that's what we would have been talking about this week. Rabbit Hole? What's Rabbit Hole? That's the Kiefer Sutherland show that you keep oh, getting yeah, 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 uh, yeah. commercials for on Paramount Plus. If you've been, uh, if you get the commercials for Kiefer, Kiefer mm -hmm. like shows up, he like breaks the fourth wall. He's like, "Hey, things are crazy, aren't they? Yeah. Well, get ready for my show." That's what he says every time. 
I'm excited. Yeah. Maybe there might be some uh, non-Robin Josh show rabbit hole coverage, potentially. We'll see. Uh, okay. Maybe be fun uh, i just don't think that you can do a first episode like this right now i mm-hmm. think maybe another time not in this time yeah. that being said apparently kyle mclaughlin has a role in this show coming up and he plays a character named dickie pope i kind of want to see what that's about so, <laughs> i don't know okay so yeah i was wanted to see what did alan Seppenwall, of course uh, you know biggest uh, you know uh, better call saul uh, advocate and you know uh bob odenkirk fan uh that uh i i found his Substack. oh uh, and he said that uh it's mostly a low stakes dramedy about the petty beefs of faculty and students in academia with some good performances particularly by odenkirk uh and um but um he says there's only been two episodes and it hasn't quite coalesced overall yeah i think that that's the kind of kindness episode sent to critics yeah that's the kind of kindness that's extended to when you have somebody who is as root worthy yeah uh bob odenkirk has earned a lot of goodwill so you know i want it to succeed i hope that it does improve (laughs) i don't think that i will stick around to find out unless one of us hardwick josh succession where was chris hardwick for talking (laughs) hank talking hank oh man Oh, my God, everyone. Uh, I just want to welcome you to Talking Hank. We saw an amazing first episode of Lucky Hank. Hank, we hope you're doing okay. You've got a notebook in the nostril, and we had an amazing vote. The we actually have the notebook was, here. Yes. Yeah. We have a panel here to break it all down with us. Talking We've got Hank. Bob Odenkirk. We have show creator Paul Lieberstein. We have super fan Yvette Nicole Brown on the couch tonight to talk yes. to Lucky Hank. Uh, <laughs> yeah, talking Hank maybe could have done it. Did they need Dean Norris, especially because Dean Norris he, he could have played yeah. the Dean. He's Hank. He's Hank. A Dean. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot that they could have done there. I don't know. I don't think I've got anything else to say. I'll check it out when you or I lose our succession bet, I suppose. I'll finish <laughs> it up. But I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to go near it anymore until then. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for nothing. How many uh, podcasts covering uh, t- oh, uh, Lucky Hank there are? That, they, we should be called Hanks a lot. Uh, that's our. Hanks a lot wouldn't be bad. I don't know how many there are. Um, Zero. Rob, I have a couple of headlines for you. I also did watch the next episode of Survivor 44, and I have some questions for you. Can I get into some questions for you on the other side of a quick commercial break? You got it. All right, we're doing that. All right, Rob, we are back. As promised, I so I had a a big you and I were bonding before the podcast today. You and I were like Fivel and Fivel's siblings in American Tale singing somewhere out there last night Mm -hmm. as we were both just wrecked with insomnia. In the, mm-hmm. in the throes of my insomnia, I decided to watch the next episode of Survivor 44 and listen to the Jeff oh my God. podcast. Oh, my God. That's how desperate that put you we out? were. Yeah. Were you, no, you were I was hoping wired. to be snoring like Jam Jam? I was wired. Yeah, poor Jam Jam with the snoring. Uh, has anyone been voted out for snoring before? Jam Jam said people get voted out for snoring. I do, do yeah, we, not uh, roll think back that, the tape on that. I don't know. Uh, I I mean, I guess that going back to my own season, uh, the late great Roger Sexton uh, was shown snoring in his own boot episode, but that uh-huh. was not the reason why that he wasn't. Went home. That wasn't it. That wasn't yeah. it. So I don't think snoring is going to be whatever 
gets jam jam in the end. I liked it though. It's Sarah is the one on that tribe who's like sort of concerned about her her safety. I like her. I think she's fun. I think she's a good character. I think that tribe has a lot of good drama going on right now. <laughs> More uh, so than Lucky Hank. Yeah, for sure. They don't have a character like Carolyn on Lucky Hank. Or they they could use a Carson. Carson could be like at the school and be like, hey, well, am I, they, they I kinda, did. I got a, a B on this paper. He's like, well, like, uh, like, uh, like I should have got a C. They kind of like that kid. I'm, I felt like I'm uh, calling like my mom Carsonish energy. Yeah. Who there? There is a scene in Lucky Hank where like the kid that he sort of says you suck at writing shows up at Lucky Hank's office the next day crying. He's waiting for him. He's like, I'm going to need an apology in writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Carson would have been great in the class. I would have liked that. I would have liked that. Uh, the uh, the the tribe that went to tribal council, Soka, uh, Soka. Uh, I thought that the whole like Danny rigmarole of the idol hunt was was very fun. I thought yeah. that he like. So last week I had questions about wait. So what's the why do people like Danny? I got it in this one. He sort of reminds me of. Are you a are you a big Super Troopers guy by any chance? <laughs> Sadly, I'm not. Uh, I think you would have. Uh, maybe it's uh, it's past your time at this point, but I think you could go back. There's some nostalgia maybe you need for Super Troopers, but he reminds me a lot of Steve Lemmy, who's one of the Broken Lizard guys, who plays Mac, uh, who is like sort of like the like troopiest of the Super Troopers. He's like little mm-hmm. like kind of like little tough guy. Uh, Danny kind of reminds me that he sort of has a, a similar vibe, and I really liked him. But this was the first time I paid attention to the tribal council set in a major way. Mm-hmm. Jeff highlighting the gargoyle the way he did. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, a lot. Yeah, it's just like wings up, wings yeah. up. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, Josh, something that I stumbled into uh, in the Survivor feedback show is that um, th- there was a, a post on Reddit that flagged uh, something that uh, was from a Survivor Instagram post that mentions that Survivor Instagram, the CBS Survivor Instagram, has been talking up the hashtag D&D movie and Ooh. that all of the gargoyles and theming around this season may all turn out to be elaborate corporate synergy no with way. Paramount's upcoming Dungeons & Dragons, the movie. Okay, well, so right now I'm looking directly into my camera and speaking to the post show recaps patron people who are big in the D and D universe, and I'm pitching Honor this among to thieves. I'm yeah. pitching th- I'm pitching this to them because they can carry the torch and do all of the like the write ins and all of that. I have no energy for this ever again. You ready? Here it is. Convince Survivor to do a Dungeons and Dragons immunity challenge, you cowards. You have like two tribes. They have to do a session. They have to choose a dungeon master. Mm. They have to make it with uh, the fewest party members killed. Uh, This would be horrible TV, horrifically bad television. I think it would be uh, very fun for the tribes to to play. If this comes true, uh, we should get some movement on this coming up in the next uh, episode or two. Uh, The D&D movie premieres, uh, drops March 31st. Mm -hmm. So two episodes of uh, Survivor to go before uh the opening of the D movie so let's uh see if uh, in the movie distributed by paramount pictures yeah this makes a lot um, of sense let's let's see what the uh, otherwise 
is it just that there is the Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out and somebody is like, oh, you know, there's a lot of like swords and stuff on Survivor this season. We should get Maybe. the Survivor social media account and, posting and, about it. And Kane, who, by the way, like that name mentioned, is like mentioned D &D, on the he show. He's a pro Literally, DM. He is yeah. a dungeon master. He's a dungeon master. Uh, so mm. I feel like there's been some like behind the scenes momentum or at least chitter chatter about some of the Survivor alums wanting to play Dungeons and Dragons on like a stream or something. Uh, as long as Kane doesn't have any sort of horrific behavior, I don't know what sort of skeletons are in the closet. Uh, but as long as that's the case, like hire that guy. Skeletons are part of D and D, right? <laughs> you could just let them out and fight them. Yeah, uh, make sure you bring bludgeoning weapons uh, for for the skeleton fight. I've learned mm -hmm. that the hard way. Uh, that's great. Uh, the D and D tie-in that would be better than Gulliver's Travels and Jack and Jill for sure. The D and D movie is getting well reviewed. It premiered at South by Southwest, and people really liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, also premiering at South by Southwest uh, was uh, Air, the Michael Jordan uh, shoe movie from Ben Affleck. Did you read anything about Air? I saw commercials for it during the Super Bowl. Are you like uh, are you like a hip on the Michael Jordan saga? I, I mean, I watched for you as a the kid? Last Dance, so yeah. kind of got it from uh, that. Are you going to check know. out Air? I honestly. Could not be less interested in the uh -huh. saga of yeah. the the you know the, I feel like I kind of know this story yeah. like I, like I, I watched the trailer yeah yeah look at me I'm trying to pivot to headlines when I still have another Survivor thing that I wanted to mention oh you go mentioned for it. The, you mentioned the D and D stuff uh, and so there was like the gargoyles and everything uh, I did look at the I did look at the chessboard yeah no one's gonna play that right that there's something to like if you beat the tribal chess master like but are you gonna I, get I some don't even sort of know, advantage like if there's like one move to make if anything i i feel like that maybe that there is something you that challenge you, the survivor gods to a game of no chess my, and you get my an theory is like that you get like a clue and it's like okay like take the rook off the board and unscrew the top and there's like a, a you know there's an extra vote hidden in there uh -huh. or something like that like i feel like that it's just set decoration for now but maybe like i i can't, don't think it's like a situation where it's like the goonies of like moving <laughs> a, like a chess they got to like, play the organ if, yeah, yeah if you move like the chess piece to the right thing like it unlocks like a door and like yeah. something like that Get you, you know. get yourself a Rocky Road ice cream reward would be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'd like that. So I, I don't think it turns into Mama Fratelli is... feels like the name of a survivor character. Uh, mm -hmm. like I feel like you could see Mama Fratelli as somebody who's been on the show before. Mm -hmm. Um I think it'd be fun though. I think it'd be fun to have like some sort of little game yeah. is up there. And if you beat the game, uh you are able to you're you able know, to do Goonies it. heroes versus villains might be a decent brand steal. Uh it would be a tremendous <laughs> brand steal, I think. I think that the problem is there aren't quite enough villains for it, but the three that you've got are incredible. The three that you got, you'd have to get like the kid, like the the, uh, the other kids in the car. Oh, that, like, sure. Yeah. Troy. <laughs> Annie! One eye Willie. I think you might have to like uh yeah, you bring have him to, like, stretch. villain. Yeah, you have to stretch the definition. You also have to have like the guy who's the jerk who's trying to buy up all the real estate. He's a villain. That's Troy's dad, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you could do it. You could do like uh uh tribes of six, like three tribes of six, probably you could bust it out. Uh, mm -hmm. maybe heroes versus villains versus uh <laughs> more heroes. 
That would be it. Goonies versus Gremlins. <laughs> Goonies versus, versus Gremlins <laughs> is a season. Goonies versus Gremlins is a remarkable season. Uh, shot being on that one <laughs> when you and Mike <laughs> run out of ideas. Let yeah. me know. Okay, uh, I, I, and is is Gizmo in with the like uh, the uh, evil Gremlins? He I has mean... no choice. If it's Goonies versus <laughs> Gremlins, he he uh, he's he's like the, he sires all the Gremlins. You know, mm-hmm. it's his fault that all the Gremlins. It's not his fault. It's really his owner's fault because uh, he puts the light on him and Peter him after yeah. dark. Yeah, was that yeah. his name, Peter? Yeah. Ooh, Rob, big Gremlins guy, huh? <laughs> I believe it's so. Yeah. <laughs> you got you pulled Peter out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Big Gremlins guy, Rob Sesternino. You learn yeah. something new every time you talk to him. Yeah. So um, you know, uh, look. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we can get uh, you know, uh, Richard Wong. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's hot. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. I think it'd be great. I'd like to see Mohawk on Survivor. I think would be good. Or is it Spike? It depends on which Spike. movie. Depends yeah. oh, on which movie. Oh. They could change yeah. his names between Gremlins One and Gremlins Look, there, Two, and there's a lot of like uh, colorful characters uh, in the Gremlins Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could do a crossover with the uh, Home Alone Lost in New York, maybe uh, like some of like uh, you could have like Kevin McAllister and the the uh, Sticky Bandits got lost in Goonies versus Gremlins, and so they wound up on the Gremlins Tribe. If you need oh my to. god flesh that out what are we doing what happened how'd we get here uh i had one last survivor thing which was on the jeff probst podcast he has the the fall on the sword thing that he mentions about the casting process oh so yeah he, that's that's yeah i like that he talks about the casting process and like what you got to do and what you got to go through like big psych profiles and how jeff got the same result on two different psych profiles after a lot of yeah. therapeutic work can we explain the fall on the sword yes. thing real quick so yes. that uh that jeff talked about how in casting that there is a thing where if somebody, if one of the casting people like brings somebody out and they and they bomb the interview and they're like, well, that sucked. And then somebody could basically like use their veto and say, no, I will fall on the sword for this person. But I would love to like hear the people that were the either a like the fall on the sword people that panned out. Yeah. And then also like, uh, you know, uh, boy, there was like um we, you know, we had uh, J.P. Hilsebeck, uh through here. <laughs> we we're like, oh, this guy's got nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, the sword uh, and things like yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, you know, Jimmy Thompson, uh, one of our, uh, you know, crack casting guys, said, uh, "Hey, fall on the sword for this guy." And uh, we yeah. said, "All right, Jimmy, sure." Yeah. Uh, but boy, there uh, should be we... some sort of penalty for those people. Maybe they should have to watch all of Lucky Hank <laughs> oh, yes. season one. Yeah. If it so I would love out. to have either heard like a great example of a like a uh, uh, fall on the sword person that worked. It was like, uh, yeah, that per- like uh, turned out that, yeah, Tony Vlachos was uh, like this, uh, but or uh, like somebody that didn't work out so good. Yeah, I would love to know. They'll never tell. I don't think maybe they will. I don't know if someone asks them, uh, you know, get your mics and Dalton's on it. Of like, uh, hey, they heard about the fall of the sword. Do you have a good example of how this worked and how it didn't work? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think that they'll tell. I don't think they'll tell. But I thought that that was interesting that they have the the phrasing for it. It's so Survivor. And even the producers, the co-hosts on the show are like, that sounds like a Survivor twist. And I feel like now we will see fall on the sword. This would have been a great season for it with the sword, with the sword uh, immunity. Yeah. Fall on that and they've got to call yet another doctor in. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Is there no Dr. Joe anymore? Is Dr. Joe not no, there they, anymore? I think they have like a rotating. Ca- it's like ER, Josh. Uh, we're, we're in season 44. Uh-huh, you don't know yeah. who the doctors are. But anymore. is Anthony There's Edwards still on? New people, or, yeah. new people all the time. Yeah. Is, is Dr. Joe the George Clooney? Did he move on? I don't know. Uh, he was there for a while, if he was. Uh, all right, that's all the Survivor stuff I've got. I'll quick hit you with a couple of other headlines really fast. Uh, uh-huh. One, just to stay on Bob Odenkirk. Uh, did you hear that Bob Odenkirk is starring in a remake of The Room? Did you hear no. about this at all? A remake uh, of The Room or a yes. remake of the movie that was about The Room? No, a remake of The Room by Tommy Wiseau, uh, widely lauded as the worst movie ever, uh, iconically memeable, a budget of $6 million, a box office, an initial box office of just under $2,000 uh, has become a cult hit don't think it's streaming anywhere, but there are tons of like cult showings of the movie. It's the inspiration for the disaster artist, the James Franco movie. And I guess that there is like some sort of charity uh, uh, remake where Bob Odenkirk is getting green screened into the room. Uh, mm. So that is something that he has revealed is happening. Have you ever watched The Room in its entirety? I haven't. I think I might enjoy it, but I have yeah. never done it. Oh, hi, Hank. Yeah, I would be interested to check Lucky it out. Lucky Hank. Lucky Hank. Uh, lucky the room to have Bob Odenkirk. Uh, another couple of quick hits. Uh, I saw this on Deadline.com that apparently once upon a time, uh, before Pierce Brosnan became James Bond, it was going to be Liam Neeson. Uh, okay. Liam Neeson uh, had been in consideration for James Bond. Uh, he ultimately said uh, when he got the call to be James Bond or the interest to be James Bond, he said, uh, I, uh, what did he say? He said, I called my agent. Do they know what age I am? Uh, so I guess he felt like he had aged out of playing James Bond. Would you have liked a Liam Neeson, James Bond? I mean, we've been Liam Neeson guy? With, the, uh, with the Taken movies. Yeah. He sort of has turned into his own James Bond mm-hmm. vehicle. Yeah. Who do you have in a fight? James Bond, any iteration or Liam Neeson, any iteration? Boy, I'll take uh, Qui-Gon Jinn over, you know, a lot of these Bonds. Yeah. Uh, Well, then Darth Maul has gotten having a great time. Okay, now, but now is it Qui-Gon Jinn versus Benoit Blanc? Um, Uh, Give me Benoit. Yeah, he'll figure it out. He'll solve it. He's like, Mm -hmm. that boy shouldn't be trained (laughs) in the ways of the Force. He's right, going to become Darth I, Vader. I mean, really, like uh, the Qui-Gon is like investigating like a mystery of like uh, who's putting the Trade Federation up to this. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, so, right. so he's like uh, on the like the hunt to try to figure this out. Like Benoit yeah. Blanc probably would have like saved it like and they wouldn't have to do three prequels. Right. Uh, another quick hit is Denzel Washington is going to be in Gladiator 2. This is happening. Okay. Ridley Scott's Gladiator sequel is real now. It's happening. It's starting to coalesce, and Denzel Washington shall be in it. Is this a uh, a trade up, a trade down, or a lateral move when Russell Crowe is no longer canonically available in the Gladiator universe? Trade up. Yeah. Sure. Why not? I think he's going to be a supporting character, though. So uh, that's not as fun. I feel like uh, oh. old man Denzel kicking butt in the Gladiator arena would be cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be quite that. Um, then uh, two final ones for you. One is <sighs> my beloved Good Burger is finally getting a sequel. 
Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Keenan and Kel, they're back. Uh, they showed up together. I think it was at the Emmys, right? Was it at the Emmys or the Golden mm. Globes where they had like a bit together? Uh, and we are we are getting Keenan and Kel back together. Uh, Nickelodeon Studios and Paramount Plus have officially confirmed the green light of Good Burger 2, an original movie sequel to the iconic feature film. Yeah, what do you think? Do you think that Keenan and Kel are, are running the good? Now, I don't know if they're canonically Keenan uh-huh. and Kel in the in the Good Burger movies. I, I, I don't remember their character names. But yeah, do you think they're, they're running not. Good Burger at this point? Uh, gosh, I hope so. Well, we have a little bit of plot information. Uh, in a Good Burger 2, Dexter Reed is uh, down on his luck after another one of his inventions fails. Ed welcomes Dex back to Good Burger with open arms and gives him his old job back. With a new crew working at Good Burger, Dex devises a plan to get back on his feet, but unfortunately puts the risk, uh, puts the fate of Good Burger at risk again. So Keenan is Dex, Kel is Ed. Kel said in an official statement that Ed is one of those timeless characters that has brought so much joy and laughter to fans. Uh, I think that that's an accurate statement. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm pretty hyped about Good Burger 2. I think you can look yeah. forward to some Good Burger 2. And uh, there was a uh, precious moment when uh, it was around the time that Mike Bloom and I were doing the year-end Brant Steel. And, of course, Corn uh, Kid was one of the you know stars mm-hmm. of 2022. Uh, and so... I was watching on Peacock. They had like a, a show to close out the end of the year. And they and they were talking to a bunch of the biggest stars of the year. And it was hosted by uh, by Keenan and by uh, Kevin Hart. And Corn Kid was very excited because he was very excited to meet uh, Keenan and Kel. He didn't wow. know that Kevin Hart wasn't Kel. Mm. <laughs> oh. Corn Kid was like, "Oh my God, it's uh, like it's so Keenan nice to meet Kel. Keenan and Cal." Well, then they got to get both Kevin Hart and Corn Kid into the Good Burger too. I hope. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be like uh, like a corn burger that they can like the new veggie burger. Corn dog, yeah. Corn dog. Oh, corn dog is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one for you. You brought up Peacock. Uh, it's a great segue. Rob, we talked about uh, some M. Night Shyamalan along the way over the last few weeks. First of all, his Apple TV Plus show Servant has finally ended. I think oh. people really liked it. People like Servant. <laughs> my yeah, dad I, liked I, I, Servant. I, I knew a guy once that was like, oh, my God, Servant is the greatest show ever. Yeah. You gotta watch it. My dad like was really talking my ear off about it uh, the other night. Uh, he's like, "Gosh, it's really good, and you don't know if she's good or evil. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery. I think she's good." He had a lot of theories about it. Anyway, so servant ended. Let us know if it was any good. Um, but M Night Shyamalan, what initiated a lot of our conversations about him and forced me to end up watching Old, which I never really gave my report on. It was a weird movie. Uh, Knock at the Cabin was the movie, the latest M Night Shyamalan yep. movie. It is coming to streaming. It is coming to Peacock. It is arriving on Peacock imminently, Rob, this Friday, March 24th. Yes. Uh, and you, and you thought watch. you liked it? No. Oh, you saw it and you didn't like it? No. You didn't, didn't see particularly it. care for it. It has, uh, it has faded uh, from uh, whatever uh, optimism I had for it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, as, uh, as time has, has worn on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do appreciate M. Night Shyamalan always taking a swing. Uh, so if you want to oh, check swinging. out Knock at the Cabin, he's swinging away. He's swinging, a huge swing swinger. Away. Swing away. Uh, all right. That's all I got for <laughs> the headlines, Rob. 
Swing away. Yeah. Yeah. Swing away. Yes. Uh, Keep that water everywhere in your house. You Mm -hmm. never know when a water allergic alien might come along. Uh, Rob, that's what a the bad headline. plan by those aliens. What's that? What did you say? What a, what a bad plan by those aliens. Yeah, to, to be allergic take... to water and to come to like a water rich planet. Yeah. <clears throat> Stupid move. So dumb. They should have known. They should have been able to like tell like, oh, that's water down there. Mm-hmm. Don't go there. Uh, or at least wear suits, costumes of any kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, clothing might have helped. Might have helped. Uh that's all I've got for you, Rob. That's the Lucky Hank edition of the Rob and Josh show. Uh, I had fun on the podcast, even if the show was not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look, and, and if you liked Lucky Hank, I love that for you. Yeah. Oh, last thing. Did you see that the Ted Lasso team went to the White House? Um, I had seen a picture of the white. They, they like hung the believe sign over the um uh the, the they like hung it up in like the oval, the oval office, office i think yeah uh, and then they had the whole cast come to talk to joe for Biden. whatever reason uh, yeah the um the ted lasso is like in dc circle seems to be a huge show i i remember at halloween i think like mitt romney like <laughs> dressed as ted lasso and uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that he dressed as ted lasso and and kirsten cinema dressed as the um as, as the owner as of the team. i'm Ugh. like uh, i don't know if that was like the publicity that they wanted for ted lasso maybe this they reclaimed the white house reclaimed ted lasso they brought the uh, the original crew uh mm-hmm. to, the, to the white house and trent crim the independent uh uh, asked a question at a White House. <laughs> oh, it was yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he's the person that gets access at the, yeah. to Joe Biden. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, so that was one other major headline I felt like we should probably bring up. All right, that's the podcast this time around. Uh, of course, you can make sure you never miss an episode of the Rob and Josh show when you subscribe at postshowrecaps.com slash Rob and Josh, our URL. If you search by URL, that's what you want to plug in. Uh, you can also just search Post Show Recaps Rob and Josh. You'll never miss it. We post this in the RHAP feed as well. So hello to you if that's where you're finding us. Uh, and Succession is what's coming up next. We're going to do a little bit of a kickoff show in a couple of days. Uh, and then we are going to be talking about succession episodically for the rest of the final season. If you got questions, you can go to posterrecaps.com slash ask and we will get them into the pod. Rob, what else is happening in your neck of the woods? Uh, we just got everything going on with uh, Survivor, Big Brother Canada. Talked about the second part of the series Outlast. I think I mentioned it last week. Yeah. That we talked did about- it, how did it end? Um, I did hear like that the, there's like a, a group of people that make the the worst of the villains of Survivor look uh, positively heroic. Yeah, um, probably worse behavior than we've ever seen on Survivor. I think that they would kick you off Survivor for doing for some of the do. things that get done on on Outlast, but it's a very different show. That that, that being said, maybe maybe that, that might be a little bit like overblown. Over, overblown. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, should I watch it? Do you think I would like Outlast? I don't know. I, I yeah. think it's probably you got too much else going on. All right. If I have another insomnia night, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll check out Outlast. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Cool. We'll check all that out. Nothing but Netflix, all the good stuff. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our Lucky Hank coverage. Uh, we hope to not have to lose a bet to talk about more <laughs> Lucky Hank in the future. But if we do, you know, 
where to find us. I'm at Round Howard. He's at Rob Sesternino. Wherever you can find us on the internet, coming next to the podcast is a little bit of a succession kicker. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye.